Recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of AGP. Amanda Gillum presents. As always, I am your host. I am Amanda Gillum, and AGP is brought to you by some of the most fantastic sponsors you'll ever find on the face of this planet, let alone this galaxy. We have Scott Comics that is bringing you the wonderful comics like Our Super Mom and, of course, Hard Case. We have Hasbro Productions that bring you the all-ages comic peanut butter and jelly and some of the coolest and adorable prints you could ever find on the face of this planet. We have comic creator Mark Kidwell from Images 68. We also have the wonderful podcast group that have been doing video podcasts for 15 years, UVN, the Underground Video Network. We also have Gem City Comic Con coming to you April 1st and 2nd of 2017. So thank you, all of our sponsors. We love you. We really do. Because without you, AGP wouldn't be where it is today. And speaking of sponsors, one of my sponsors, one of my best friends, one of my semi-co-hosts, and someone that lets me co-host and try to take over the show every opportunity that I can get, <laughs> is joining me today. You do. <laughs> Not by choice. It's just I just pop up everywhere. I want to welcome back because for some reason, Gem City Comic Con was over for 2016, and this man did one episode, and then he disappeared somewhere. I have no idea where he's been. So we're going to find that out today. I want everybody to welcome back my friend, Michael Broth. Welcome back, Hi. Michael. Where the hell have you been? Oh, I have been, let's see, since Gym City, two, let's see, the first couple weeks after Gym City, I was in recovery from Gym City. I was first in withdrawal from Gym City. I had the shakes, and I'm like, I want to go back. And then I was in recovery. And uh, then after that, just actually all over the place. We, uh, me and Richard, uh, covered a couple of small cons out in the Dayton area. Uh, I've gotten very lucky uh, with the weather being nice. I've gotten the chance to do a, a couple of the uh, Heroes Alliance benefits. And then, of course, uh, Free Comic Book Day. Ooh, I got one of every comic book, and I got to hang out with the coolest woman in the world, by the way, this Gail Simone. Other than Christy. Christy, you know you're still my doll, and I got to hang out with you too. But thank you so much for introducing me to Gail Simone. She's totally freaking awesome. I am a little super jealous of that. Gail Simone has always been one of my favorite writers. Her run on Wonder Woman was, like, the best. <laughs> she is absolutely fantastic, and she has some of the funniest stories, and she's so down-to-earth. And watching her sit in the 1966 Batmobile was totally awesome. Oh, man. Nice. Yeah. So where were you for Free Comic Book Day? Uh, for Free Comic Book Day, uh, actually UVN kind of, uh, we, uh, we split the difference. Um, I stayed uh, local at a, in um, Lima, Ohio at Alter Ego Comic Books. Uh, last year and this year, I've gotten to be a part of uh, their team uh, of cosplayers uh, to... Uh, to entertain the crowds and keep everybody going, and I had a lot of fun this year. This was, for me so far, one of the biggest free comic book days, and there was just so many people. And what made it extra special for me was is uh, I went as Ant-Man, which has become, I really think it's my favorite costume now. And what really helped was is the night before, was the premiere of Captain America Civil War. So that just kind of helped make my character just a little more extra special that day. 
I remember that movie, Spider-Man. He, he was phenomenal. I'm telling you. Every, it may have been Captain America's movie, but every scene that Spider-Man, Black Panther, and my boy Ant-Man were in, it was their movie. They owned, each one of them owned every scene they were in, and I couldn't have been more thrilled. It was a fantastic movie. It was everything I was expecting it to be. Yes, there are more highlights to the movie, but Spider-Man, <laughs> someone yeah. got it really right. And I'm yes, very excited and very happy. He's a teenager, like he's supposed yeah. to be. And it's the classic costume, and his eyes go, and which is really yeah. awesome. And I was very, we, everybody was kind of concerned when they first let out the first picture of Spider-Man, you know, the, the classic with him with the shield. We were very happy to find out, spoiler alert, that it, the costume was provided by Tony Stark, and they didn't try to, to con the audience into believing that this teenager was responsible for making this high-level quality costume. That small touch really... And even the fact that he acknowledges it, oh, I'm still getting used to the new suit, Mr. Stark. Ah, oh, so good. You're it right. was. You're right. That that Spider-Man, honestly, was the best Spider-Man we've seen in a Marvel movie to date. Very in my opinion. So. so, Civil War, when watching that, it's definitely pretty much beat the rest of them for me, almost, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really head to head with like the first Iron Man and um Winter Soldier. Yes. Winter Soldier on a like cinematic level, that one always tops my list. But this one, Civil War, was very Oh, just so good. It was phenomenal. And yeah, it was like super nerd week that week. So first we had oh, yeah. uh, Star Wars. Star Wars may the fourth be with you. And then we had yep. Civil War. And then we had Free Comic Book Day. And then they snuck in this like normal holiday Mother's Day in there, which was I don't know. What did you do for your mom for Mother's Day? I took her to see Civil War so she could learn who Spider Man really is. No. <laughs> uh. Uh. I, oh, I'm right. Okay, great. <laughs> no, I, did, I, I, I don't know how to say what I actually did without embarrassing you. I, uh, I put flowers on her tombstone. Aw, I'm sorry. It's okay. You didn't know. No, I didn't. So, mm, it, it, I'm sorry. Um, no, no, Mother's Day I spent with my dad. Oh, you took him to go see who Spider-Man really is. Okay, got it. If he would have went, oh, my God, I, I do. I want to go see a Marvel movie with my dad. I'm like, you, you made me this way. You could at least come and see this movie with me. <laughs> I, I actually spent Mother's Day following down memory lane. Um, oh. So, yeah. So there's this little ice cream shop in Cincinnati. It's um, right underneath Highway 74 before it um, ends up into 75. Um, it's the Montana Avenue exit or the Chlorine exit, whichever one you want to take. You can still get to it. It's called Putzes. Um I watched as the Putzes family. I've been there since I was, like, just coming out of my mom and probably when I was in my mom's room. <laughs> 
And so we would always go there, and I'd always get this ice lady, which is like this Kool-Aid thing with like the really cool crushed ice, and it was Ooh. ice cream with the whipped cream hair and candy eyes, nose, mouth, and ears. I used to get all the time, and the putzes used to, I mean, they watched me grow up. And then, of course, when I got older, I moved away, and my mom and I really haven't been back in like 20 years and so I decided to take my mom down memory lane, go through Mount Airy Forest Park to see the old creek stomping sites that we used to go to. And then we went to Putz's. And then we went to Joanne Fabrics, and my mom lost track of time going, ooh, fabric. <laughs> Which I'm okay with, because then we went back to Joanne Fabrics this past Sunday, and this time it was, ooh, fabric for my daughter, because we are making me um, my Ruby Rose costume for the RTX convention at the 4th of July weekend. Oh, far out. Nice. Yeah. It's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to my newest, uh, I guess, sponsor, my mommy, because she's putting this costume together because I sewed on a button once. It lasted three days. <laughs> I Yeah. If I can't hot glue it, I can't fix it. So that's what I did. And then, um, of course, I got to see Civil War. I was hanging out for Comic Book Day. What I thought, um, so me, I spent free Comic Book Day at the, oh, yeah, Comic Book Store in Muncie, Indiana. And what was really cool is they make their thing, like, this huge, like, event for the community. So not mm-hmm. only were they having the comic books there, but Dan's Downtown Record Shop, which is right next door to them, um, they had the issue of Suicide Squad that was out for free comic book day. So you could go over there. They provided all of the music, and they had an Elvis impersonator. And then they have, like, this yoga-slash-dance studio next to them, and they had Yoga with Cats. So they joined forces with the Muncie Animal Shelter, and they brought in little kitty kitties to do yoga with everybody. And the cats were up for adoption, and I think they raised almost $300 for the animal shelter. Oh, that's fantastic. It was. And then, of course, on top of Gail Simone, there was also Mark Wade and Kyle Higgins, I believe his name was, and my buddy Sterling Clark was there, and the entire Alia family crew was there. And the 1966 Batmobile, but I have to really say the highlight was when Gail Simone and Mark Wade looked at my outfit because I was dressed as Princess Leia from the ceremonial dress that she wears at the end of Star Wars Episode Four, And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. And they're like, where would you get that? And I was like, well, we made it. And they're like, how would you make the belt? And then I went, beer cans. Beer cans. <laughs> <laughs> and she, both of them were like, that's so inventive. And that was, like, really cool because when you get a compliment from somebody that you're actually a fan of and then they, yeah. and you're not even aware of any of their product, you know, she was not Princess Leia. Mark Wade was definitely not Princess Leia. And they both complimented. And, of course, if Christy compliments it, which she totally highly complimented it, it also kind of really brightened my day because we all know Christy Blanche is this huge Star Wars fanatic. So she's like, dude, that is awesome you know you've done something right yeah and this week i've been catching up on season two of z nation have you seen that show i got about three or four episodes into it and i really wanted to like it you need to watch one do okay 
because I really like uh, the guy from Lost that's in it. But I just, I think it was one of those things where I tried to watch it when nothing else was on. And then the new seasons of everything else I like started, so I just kind of lost track of it. No, just go to Netflix. Because you haven't even, did you even get it, did you even get to the Zombie NATO episode? I did not. I would have remembered the Zombie zombie NATO. Okay, so here's the thing. It is a Sci-Fi Channel original TV show. And we all know that uh, Sharknado is a Sci-Fi Channel original movie. So they made fun of Sharknado by having a Zombnado. <laughs> it was just hilarious. Oh, my God. That's what I say. They, they don't take this as serious. As, you have to take it's the light side of the zombie apocalypse. Obviously, there's some serious stuff going down, and there are some very surreal episodes that you're like, Dude, you just walking dead me, and you suck. But <laughs> there are just so many awesome things. Like when you get to season two, not to spoil anything, but cheese wheel. Cheese wheel. Cheese wheel. Is it the same cheese wheel from the cheese it commercials? Giant cheese wheel. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> and. This the and it's funny because they start this running gag about halfway through season one that carries over to season two. If anybody asks, we weren't at the last place they were at because something huge and epic and totally retarded happens, and they're like, we weren't here. We just we weren't here. <laughs> if anybody asks, <laughs> we weren't here. <laughs> and it's really fun. And the my one of my favorite characters actually happens to be. Um, I can't remember the actor's name. He's the guy who plays the new guy in that movie, the new guy, uh, the little skinny guy with the big old nose that's up in um, the Arctic. Yes, yes. Uh, DJ Quails. Yes, Quails. So he has grown. I he has grown on me. I absolutely love and adore him to no end. But yeah, you're you're gonna run into the fact that um, this is one of those this is one of those shows where they're like. Everything can become a zombie. So you're going to meet a zombie bear and so many other things. (laughs) Seriously. If you've only made it through a couple of episodes, just deal with a couple of episodes. Just keep going with it because once you find the actual humor, and some of the humor is like British humor, so you actually have to have a little bit of that dry humor sense to it, but it's Mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic. I just love it to pieces, and I can binge watch it. And my two favorite things right now to binge watch are either The Twilight Zone or (laughs) Z Nation right now. (laughs) When I get time to binge watch anything, which means having to put narcotics in my newest family member. I'm saying the the thing I've been binge binge watching in between like my regular shows is I have been catching up on decades of South Park. And I. I'm telling you, honest to God, South Park is like the greatest time capsule that we have ever come across. Because that show is still and has always been so topical. When you're watching an episode and you see the theme to it, you remember, oh, yeah, that was a thing. I remember oh, that. Yeah. And it was really surreal. I had a surreal moment was I didn't – I didn't remember when I started because I didn't go all the way back. I just kind of like down, 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 start. 
Why well, I, evidently it was like 2006 or 2000. It had to have been 2008, and I came across an episode where Hillary Clinton was on the campaign trail to run for president. And for a minute, I got taken out of time. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this a new episode? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's one of those great shows where, especially like late at night, I can watch it. And if I happen to fall asleep and I'm like four episodes later, no big deal. <laughs> I have it. The last episode of South Park I saw was the one with Cthulhu in it, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, That's man. the last one I ever saw. So. I have a feeling, because I know, I know this week or next week is a lot of my favorite show's season finales. So I think in the next couple of weeks I'll definitely be able to get caught up on that Z Nation. I'll get I will. I'll give that a I'll give that a, a watch. Trust me, you're not gonna be disappointed. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. Because I knew you couldn't be that far ahead, um, because of the fact of what you said about certain characters. Because I know I know where certain characters are and aren't yet. So and. But, dude, so are you going to take off June 10th with me, by the way? June 10th. That's Indy Popcorn, right? I don't know. That's Voltron, the legendary Defender official trailer. (gasps) Voltron, the legendary Defender comes out from DreamWorks on Netflix. Oh, my God. Sorry. You know what? I was was weary about it when I first heard they were doing it because they tried to do it in the past. But it was you. I have you to think. When I saw the newest full-on trailer, I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm taking that day off. I'm taking that day off. I am in. And no, Indie PopCon's the weekend of the 17th. That's right. Yeah, I am. I am looking forward to that. Dude, I am so stoked about this. So... I have always been a huge Voltron fan. I have the original American release. I have the Go Lion Japanese original release. I have Voltron the Third Dimension, which isn't my favorite Voltron, but, dude, it's Tim Curry as the voice of Lotor, so that's enough for me to keep it. Um, And then I don't own it, but I really did actually enjoy Voltron Force. Um, where they had the cadets take on the roles of, like, the Voltron Force was already established, and they had the three cadets come in and start taking over. And I really enjoyed where that was going. And I think one of my favorite episodes is when they meet this Voltron fan, and he has the old classic Voltron robot, and he takes it up against the new Voltron, and I just loved it. And I love the fact that that for the first time in history, each lion got to form the head. And I will never forget the first episode where they're like, Four feet, legs, forms, arms, and body. And then Lance goes, and I'll form the head. Wait, what's going on here? Four <laughs> lazy guns, lazy guns. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. And I, I really ha- started enjoying it. And then, of course, they ended it on a yeah. cliffhanger. And I'm just like, you guys suck. Stop doing this crap to me. 
I will have to find it and share it with you. One of my favorite musicians, his name is MC Frontalot. Have you ever uh-huh. heard of Nerdcore Nerd Rap? He does, yeah. um, he does a song called I'll Form the Head, and it's a song, it's, it's a rap song about Voltron, and it is epic. I will have to find it and make sure you hear it. Definitely. That would be totally awesome. And the other thing I'm thinking about on Voltron, did you ever see the video that was going around? I, I don't remember who exactly. It was like a fan made, but you remember the show Psych, right? Yep. Did you see the one that had Lassiter in it? Uh-huh. Effing Tears. That was the most epic. And I'm sitting here, and I I love that guy. I really do. But I, at the time, I only knew him from Psych. And I'm sitting here, and it took me a minute because he's got a full beard. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's, that's Lassie. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I knew you had I I wish I knew what to tell everybody to look up. I don't. It's just I I know he's in the the Red Lion, but I can't remember what they named it. But it, it's it's like his last few minutes because it it killed me when they the camera pans back and you just see the Red Lion floating in space and you're just like ah. Oh. Oh. But you know what I found interesting about the trailer. So you see, you see Pidge, you see Hulk, you see Lance, you see Spin, and you see Keith. And they're all still wearing their original uniforms. But look how this time Spin is in the front, and he's in the Black Lion, not Keith. In the original, in the original Spin, even though, and it, and it confused the heck out of, I never understood why. Okay, so... Pitch is in the green line, he's wear, he wears a green outfit. And Hulk is in the yellow line, and he wears a yellow outfit. And then, of course, we've got to put the girl in pink, so she's driving the blue line. But then you have Lance is in the blue, and he's driving the red line. And then you have <laughs> the, the guy who drives the black line, he's in the red suit. And the guy that was in the black suit was actually driving the blue suit. <laughs> what the hell? What, you guys can't color coordinate for crap? <laughs> but I noticed that. Sven seems to be the leader this time and not Keith. And Sven is driving the black line and not Keith, which is very interesting to me. And I also love the fact that, did you notice, Princess Aurora, she's not human. She's got elf ears. So they actually made her an alien. Yeah. Which is really cool. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what aspects of this they keep and what aspects of it that they don't keep, you know, because everybody's going to expect Sven's going to get it because he got it in the original one. Sven died. Mm-hmm. Uh, end of story. Uh, well, he doesn't actually die. Spoiler. Sorry if you've never seen Voltron from the 1980s. Um, but he's gone for, like, the first two seasons after which Hagar supposedly killed him. So Alora could take over the piloting of the Blue Lions. Which brings up a very funny thing. What's the one thing you remember most about your 1980s cartoons? They all had toys. Oh. 
Mine is, why is it the bad guy always had to have a crush on the female and there was only the one female on the good guy team and, like, every bad guy always had to go capture the female? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, Transformers didn't have a girl. But they were always kidnapped from Spike, so... Well, they were too busy being robots in disguise. So who That's knows true. which one was a girl and which one wasn't. <laughs> she could have been in disguise. You know, there's a reason why they're more than meets the eye. you got to look really closely. You know? <laughs> Lift up the little robot skirts there. <laughs> I always suspected Wheeljack. They didn't actually bring in the girl to what? Like the second season going into the movie and she was pink again. Why does the girl always have to be freaking pink? Yeah, Arcee. Yeah, Arcee. Uh, yeah, Arcee. Yeah, still pink. Thank God, GI Joe didn't do that. Like, yeah. if I would have, if I would have ever started, if I was watching GI Joe and all of a sudden, like Scarlet Lady J and Cover Girl and the Baroness walked out in pink outfits, like, hey, I would have nope, shot GI nope. Joe. <laughs> would have shot him. Yeah, Absolutely. you know what? Come, come to think of it, when you watch the real Ghostbusters, when they made, when they, when they actually gave Janine a uniform and they gave her a figure, it was pink. It was pink. It's always freaking pink. Stop with that stupid pink. Even Disney was like, oh, Aurora, she looks so much better in blue. Let's put her in pink anyway. <laughs> really? By the way, Disney, you really need to put her back in the blue dress because that pink dress totally washes her out and it does not work with her complexion. Hello? She's going to have issues. Just well, they've got to figure out a way to tie it in so she's a Disney princess. She is a Disney princess. I just really hated the fact that all the original, like the original promotion stuff, which is the stuff that I actually still have. Sleeping Beauty is by far my favorite Disney movie of all time for their animated movies. It really is. Don't get me wrong. I love the new age stuff. I really do. I actually happen to like Frozen and the rest of it, but I love Sleeping Beauty. I love the fact that there is a reason why Aurora is allowed to be as naive as she is. She was whisked away as a baby, raised by three fairies who can't do anything without magic, she's allowed to be naive. So why does have the right to be naive, all right? She just, oh, she knew she was running away and trying to hide from an evil queen. She was told that the evil queen wanted to kill her. And what happens? Oh, this little old lady, even though there's somebody out there who wants to kill me, and my evil stepmother does know magic, but I'm going to take this apple anyway and bite into it. Uh, Yeah, you're <laughs> stupid. You're just flat-out retarded, lady. You know, Aurora has no choice, not to mention the fact that it be- it was part of a curse, so the curse beckoned her. Even though she didn't want to, it beckoned her. You could see in the movie, she knew what she was doing, she didn't want to do it, but the curse made her prick her finger because of how big her eyes get in it. So, I mean, it isn't like she was, like, stupid naive. She had no choice. It was a curse. You can't get away from a curse. That's what a curse does. And it's... <laughs> I love the music, and I love the way it's the way that it's drawn and colored, and it's such a beautiful movie. Plus, it's one of the few where you actually got to see the villain actually die, and you saw blood in it. When Prince yeah. Philip first... And you get a Prince Philip. Like, here's a prince with a full backstory, man. Like, full-on backstory. Like, you know, you know who he is, his character development, his family, and his reason for doing everything. And he's going after the princess, not realizing she's a princess. He's like, screw my crown. I want, I want the forest-dwelling chick. She's hot. <laughs> so, 
and it was it's it's always been one of my great greatest favorite movies. And I love this. I loved her in the blue dress. I always wanted the blue dress. I wanted the blue fairy to win because I wanted her in the blue dress. And all the promotions had Aurora originally in the blue dress. And then all of a sudden, Disney's like, no, Cinderella's in blue, so we got to put her in pink. And I went, oh, my God. What a crappy mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> Have I lost you? Because you're like, <laughs> uh huh. No, they were like, no, I'm, really cool with Spider Man and Voltron, and then she went to no, the no. I'm trying to cover up my knowledge of early Disney animated movies, too. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do. Dude, it is okay to be a dude and like Disney, all right? I do. It is absolutely, it is absolutely okay. My dad loves Disney, and he's what? 20 years older than I am, so my dad my dad will pull out a Disney freaking movie and sing all the songs to it, so you have nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, dude, I'll, I have Robin Hood. I have, I don't have a lot of them. I have Robin Hood. I have, oh, Sword in the Stone is mine, though. That's... I do love... I, it, but, uh... you know what? Sword in the Stone makes me cry, and the scene that actually makes me cry is when... He turns Newt back into a human after being a squirrel, and you see that little female squirrel's heart break, and I cry every time. I feel so bad for her. Uh huh. She would have moved every nut in the world for him, and then, Uh of course, it's just so heart-wrenching. Poor, poor little squirrel. I feel so bad for her. If Merlin, if Merlin was a real wizard, he would have turned her into a human girl, and then they could have lived happily ever after. <laughs> and then we, then we wouldn't have had to worry about years later of uh, Guinevere and Lancelot and the destruction of Camelot, because Newt and Squirrel Girl would have been living happily ever after, and she never would have done that to him. And we would still have <laughs> Camelot, which would be really cool, because then we would have Sean Connery forever and ever singing. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. What? Well, I like that well, version. Lad, I can't help but notice your girlfriend looks like a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that play, and I love that movie, and I've always been a fan of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round yeah. Table and Caliber, and it's really cool, and I've absolutely loved it. Speaking of things that I love, and the only reason why I'm thinking about this is so because I don't have television, and I try not to spend too much money at the movies because that gets so expensive. So unless I want to get a sponsor who goes, here, I'll pay for you to go to the movies every weekend so you can, like, watch every movie you've ever seen. <laughs> that's not really going to happen. So Minions ended up on Netflix. Oh, no. I couldn't believe that was on Netflix. The first time when I saw it, I thought it was just, um, like, a mini. You know what I mean? Like like a short or like a... No, it was full on. I couldn't believe it. So you've seen it? Yes, I have. I own it. Dude, when he pulls the sword out of the stone and everybody's just like... Oh. <laughs> and the fact uh, is... Did any did, did did you watch this movie listening to them speak in many many knees and figure out what they were saying because I sure as hell did. It's like watching Star Wars and I know exactly what R2's saying. Uh-huh. 
I figured it out, like, real quickly. I'm like, oh, uh-huh, yeah. But, dude, it was so well done. And it was. I was like, under the impression from the first um, Despicable Me that Gru created them. But I do like how they do yeah. this Exactly. So it's kind of neat to see how they're like, no, Gru didn't create them, but this is why they're with Gru, and you get to see how they met Gru, and it was really cool. And the first time, you know, Gru's like, freeze ray, bloop. <laughs> but I see, enjoyed uh-huh. the... Uh-huh. So seeing him at the end, little, little, I was little so baby, little bitty Gru, oh, it was so good. It was really cute. But I have to say, I really enjoyed the villains in it. Like, I'm, and let's, let me take this a little bit back. Okay, I always love my villains, but I really do like my villains dark and broody and bloodthirsty. And she re- these characters weren't really bloodthirsty. They're like Harley Quinn. Somebody you're like, yeah, I could totally hang out with those people. That's totally all right. Yeah. Like, I could totally do that. That'd be cool. I could totally hang with them. Like, I'd hang with Harley Quinn, just I wouldn't piss her off because I could see what I know what she would do. So I wouldn't ever want to piss her off. But I would totally hang with her till she, like, went in one of her psycho tantrums. And I'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go over here now. Cool? We cool? We copacetic? We cool? <laughs> Please tell me we're cool. Because as soon as I turn my back to you, if we're not cool, I'm dead. Like, seriously. <laughs> And speaking of little things, so you saw the news because three sugar gliders, three cats, and one dog, not enough. I got <laughs> Yeah. My little fizz gig. And she's a terror and a half, but she's intelligent. So she's too little to jump up on a bed, she's too little to master stairs. She keeps trying to master the stairs, and it's funny, too. But to get on the bed, she does what a kitten does. Well, well. No. 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 She uses her claws up the freaking comforter. Oh, no. She can climb like a God-blessed cat. (laughs) Spider kitty. Like, I have three cats. I didn't want a fourth cat. You're supposed to be my dog. You're supposed to be my <laughs> dog. Not, not, not my she-go who believes she's actually human and refuses to eat anything but human food. No, you're supposed to be my dog. Like, you're supposed to play, fetch, and do the things dogs do. And here you are already adapting to other animal skills. This is not what I intended this to be. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. But she is adorable. It is funny when she tries to get Shigo to play, because Shigo doesn't play. Shigo's 10 going on 11. Shigo doesn't play. Shigo didn't play when she was one going on two or an infant going on one. Shigo just never plays. She's one of those dogs, okay, go fetch. Uh, You throw it, you go get it. I'm going to go over here and lay down. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so this game, when she wakes up, first thing, of course, is we have to go potty. And then she has, like, this huge amount of energy, like, God, if I could just bottle that energy, I'd be rich beyond my wildest dreams. And she sits there, and she hops like a little Mexican jumping bean, and this goofy little bark of <laughs> comes out. And my and Shigo just looks at it and goes, no, absolutely not. Like, don't mess with and it's almost like Shigo goes, go mess with the cat. So the Fizzgate goes to chase the cats, and then the cats are like, get the hell away from me. 
Vader laid into her the other day and whacked the crap out of her and cut open her nose with his claw. He's like, I don't play with puppies. Absolutely not. <laughs> and, of course, like every parent that has a pet, I went and bought all these really cool things that I thought the puppy would absolutely love and adore. And the puppy is in love with my tiger, my Simba, and the cat toy. That's what the dog wants to play with. The <laughs> lion, the tiger, and the cat toy. I have this one mountain. <laughs> I have this one cat toy that hangs from the ceiling that has like the elastic thing so like the cats can pull it and jump around with it and everything. And she grabs it and she pulls it all the way from the dining room into the living room. And you know when she's reached it and it's starting to pull her back because this horrible snarly growl comes out of her. It is the funniest thing ever. She's all like, and I'm like, <laughs> it, 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 you sound like that freaking dog off of Despicable Me. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> but she's adorable. Uh, to be famous enough to take her and she go with me everywhere would be fabulous. Who wants to give me money? <laughs> Nobody? Okay. But thanks, chat room. Appreciate that no there. <laughs> yep. Thanks. Appreciate that. That's good people there. <laughs> uh, so I, what's going uh, I know Indie PopCon's coming up in about 30 days. Um, up yep. Until then, what else are you up to? Oh, man. I have got, let's see. I think me and Richard are going to nail out a couple just uh, – oh, speak, well, I'm thinking about it, Richard, because we were talking about Free Comic Book Day. While I was at Alter Ego in Lima, Richard was everywhere else. He we, – we, we found out how, how fast he can travel when I'm not weighing him down. I think he broke his record this year and went to nine different stores in Ohio. Um, all... I, yeah. I hate to tell you this. So Richard and I on the side, we've been cloning. <laughs> that would actually that would make more sense. It was, I'm telling you, because it was killing me because throughout the day when I was at Alter Ego, I we me and the other people in costume, we would uh going to the back room at the comic book store to, you know, take a break and, you know, get some water. And I'd get the phone out, and I was like, Richard has checked in here. Richard has checked in here. Richard has checked in here. And even later in the day, I was going home. It was like five. Richard has just checked in. And I'm like, how? What he didn't tell you is he also has now $5,256 in speeding tickets. Yeah. No, you would know that's untrue if you've ever driven with Richard. He is... Oh, God, is he Is he one of those speed limiters or lower? He No, he he's a speed limiter. Okay, but, at least he's a speed limiter. He'll, he'll go over a little once in a while, but see, the, the thing about Richard is, is he travels around this state so much he knows where the cops are. He know. He just knows. So, so I think, I think, 
I think Indy's our next big one. I think we're going to do a couple uh, just normal episodes. Because I think, I think we gave it enough time. I think we're going to do our Civil We want to do our Civil War review. And we, oh, here. We, let, me, let, me, let me help you with that. Spider-Man, the end. Uh-uh. Giant Man, the end. Spider-Man. Giant Man. <laughs> that was one of the great. I tell you what, that was one of the fun moments for me. Is I there's a uh, a picture on my Facebook page. We had uh, it was me as Ant Man. We had uh, a Spider Man, and we had a Deadpool, and we got a cre- we got to recreate that classic photo that was going around the internet for a long time. It was. Deadpool sitting in the middle of Spider-Man and Ant-Man, and Deadpool is pointing a can of bug killer at me. Yeah. It was it was fun. That that made my day. That's awesome. Uh, so see, we're gonna do. You're at free comic book day. Did you get any free comic books? I did. I got, oh my god. The only, I did miss the Doctor Who book. That was my fault. It was at the. Uh, they Aww. they did this they did the same kind of thing that your place did where uh they had a couple comic books uh up the road at what was it Mitzvah's, which is like a clothing boutique and then a couple blocks down the road the other way was the meeting place the the local coffee shop they had the Doctor Who book and I completely forgot about it but I think my favorite book this year even more so than the Captain America and the Civil War II, the Serenity book. Did you read the Serenity book? Yes. So good. Yeah. It it just it it made my heart just sing. It was and it was it was nice little subtle touches because when when rivers taking care of the baby, you can see in the background little toy dinosaurs. And I'm just looking uh-huh. at them like, oh. Yep. Well, of course, you know, there were some really great ones out there. Obviously, you know, Divergent. Oh, yay. Yippee. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, enough said. Um, dark side, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Civil War Two was really cool. Um, Valiant always had their things. I did get my Doctor Who. Com- well, I got one of each. Um, so, <laughs> um, but um, there's the Archie one. You know, great opportunity to check that out if you haven't seen the new uh, Archie, which is done by uh, Mark Wade and Fiona Staples, which is absolutely fantastic. I love how they've reinvented the series. I absolutely love yeah. it. Adore it. Um, then, of course, there was some really cool things that I hadn't tried, like Awake. I got to read that. That was really cool. Uh, Dark Lily and Friends, I enjoyed that as well. Um, obviously, like I said, I did get the Serenity book. Um, I did get the Suicide Squad one. Um, I even picked up the Strawberry Shortcake. No, I haven't written it yet. Okay. I just have it so far. Um, the one that did I did you? really enjoy, another one that I enjoyed, though, was the DC Superhero Girls. I got that one, too. I did. Uh, I have no. Sh- I ha- I have no shame. I picked it up. I I loved it. I thought it was really good. It was so 
fun. It was. I I'm in, uh, the series is on Netflix and um I enjoyed it. Uh the series. I have all the figures, so but how could I not enjoy it? I'm a fan of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic and Monster High. So mm-hmm. it fits into that realm. It really does. But there was one book that as soon as I saw it, it was like the first thing I grabbed. Can you figure it out? Rom Space Knight? Nope. Howard Lovecraft and the Frozen Kingdom. I didn't get that one. Was it good? Yes, it is good. I didn't hear that. Oh, Cthulhu. It's really cute. I love it. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, is that a Cthulhu on the cover? It is. Yay. Cthulhu has friends. It's awesome. See? Of course, you know, his boss is Howard Lovecraft, but it is so cute, and it's got this um, paranormal look vibe to it, So, and I really did love uh, the paranormal. So yeah. it's got that kind of vibe to it, but it's Cthulhu! Yay! <laughs> and for those of you who have never listened to the show and going, what is the matter with her? I'm a Cthulhuist, all right? So if there, I, I love Lovecraft. I love Cthulhu. My bathroom is decorated, and it's a great big shrine to Cthulhu. So as soon as I saw it, I'm going, even if even if Christy says I, I can't have every one of the comics anymore, I still have to get that one. <laughs> and, and then, of course, Christy, knowing my love for Cthulhu, sits there and goes, by the way, look what I got. She has this C is for Cthulhu doll, and I'm just like, I don't like you. That's <laughs> $30. Crap. <laughs> Hand it over. Hand it, it over. <laughs> She's like, I thought of you when I ordered them. I'm like, I'm sure you did. You thought of it going, well, there's 30 bucks I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> And the sad part is, is I actually didn't get him because I live in a college town. So I don't always get all the really cool stuff. And mm-hmm. if I don't catch the DC movies when they first come out, I, they, they're gone a week after. And so yeah. God versus Monsters, I didn't get to pick up, so I had to watch it online. And so Christy not only had it there on the Blu-ray, but it had the Wonder Woman figure with it. So I picked that up for 30 bucks instead. Nice. Did you get to see? Did you get to see the Justice League versus Teen Titans? I have not watched it yet, but it is on my to-do list for this weekend. Because yes, I found it in the queue with the figure, and when so I was able to pick it up. So, oh yeah, it is. It is super. It is so good. It really. I really enjoyed it. We're all. We're all waiting for it. Give me my killing joke. Give it to me. Give oh, me the I, I know. Joke. I know. I I am more excited about the Killing Joke coming out than than any. I my level of enthusiasm for the Killing Joke is a mountain compared to the molehill that was Superman versus Batman. I it was like, as soon as I walked out of Superman v. Batman or Batman v. Superman, I was like, okay, I need the killing joke. Um, that's because that movie was very disappointing. Yes, it was. 
You're going to take two of the biggest freaking stories in history and try to mash them together when they're in different separate timelines? You freaking morons. Yeah. That was my, you know what? That was my biggest complaint. Was as part of the reason why the Dark Knight worked so well was because Batman and Superman had been allies, had been friends for mm-hmm. decades. So the the clash between the two of them had more weight. This was just two guys who was like, I don't like you, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I just, uh. They just, they could have done so much more. And I'm just sitting here going, Really? Because um, Justice League, the animated series, was way uh-huh. better of a Batman and Superman movie. Actually, the uh-huh. Batman and Superman movie where Lex Luthor uh-huh. and the Joker joined forces uh-huh. based off of before the Justice League came out was a better freaking movie. Seriously. Yes, and, uh, you honestly, suck. I'm telling you, true story. That, uh, when I went and saw Batman v Superman, I saw it on a Friday. Sunday, I sat down and I took out the Batman Superman animated movie and I watched it and I went, why couldn't we have gotten this? I know. It's very, very, very disappointing. It's yeah. like watching things like, you know, there are certain things when it comes to superhero movies. And I get it. You can't be verbatim. Uh, like you really couldn't do Wonder Woman's original storyline and make right. a great Wonder Woman movie. But you have to be able to adapt it. But there are ways able to do it. Matter of fact, if this Wonder Woman movie is... I really do hope that you people listen to my show. If you're with the Wonder Woman movie, make it just like the animated movie. Make it just like the animated movie. Make it just like that animated one. Please. Please. I agree. I promise you, you make money. You know. Or... But when they also take away so much from the original material. Hey, yep. I got a great idea. Let's have Galactus. He's going to be a big storm cloud. Hey, I know. Let's have Parallax. But it's not how Jordan because he went freaking insane. Yeah. Seriously? You can't have Parallax without the story of how Jordan going insane in that uber badass costume he gets. No, we had, we had a, me and some friends had a similar conversation. When you try to make the great big villain a big cloud, you're doomed to fail. Because it didn't work for Parallax, and it didn't work for Galacticus. Galactus in... Uh, Galacticus. Fantastic. Uh, I, I, even when I look at the word, I always say it wrong. But <laughs> they screwed him up in uh, the Fantastic Four Rise of the Surfer. It's like, guys, anytime you try to make the villain a gigantic cloud, it's going to suck. It's Galactus. He's a giant Earth tornado. Run! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing that makes it even worse is so they revamped the Fantastic Four, and that made it look really good. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what? I honestly think the new Fantastic Four movie was a bet between two Hollywood executives. That somebody said, you know what? I can make Rise of the Silver Surfer look good. <laughs> it's such a horrible movie. I know. It was. Oh, God. 
But, you know, oh. you appreciate this. I saw a meme on uh, the Facebook not too long ago, and at first when I read it, I chuckled, and then I really thought about it, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're right. It said that Spider-Man had more dialogue in his scenes in Civil War than Superman did in the entire Batman v Superman movie. Mm-hmm. And at first I'm like, no, that's just a joke because he talked a lot. Then I thought about it, and I'm like, Oh, man, he did. He yep. did talk more. I mean, if you get a chance to, have you ever seen the website How It Should Have Ended? Yeah. I've watched it a lot. Did, have you seen the Batman v Superman one? I have not actually watched that one yet. It's it's amazing. Every complaint that me, you, Everybody has had about that movie. They nail in nine minutes. And it is bloody hilarious. It is, it, it's one of the best ones that they've done yet, especially the end. It's just Superman's constantly, like whenever Superman says the word Martha, Batman just starts to cry. And he's like, Martha. <laughs> it's not even fun for me anymore, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, what, what made me think about that, honestly, was because we were talking about Green Lantern and Parallax, is they're all sitting at the diner together, and Flash shows up, and Aquaman shows up. They're like, yeah, we can do it. Let's make our own movies and join a team. And then Green Lantern shows up, and he's like, yeah, yeah. I need the team, too. And they're like, No. No. Yeah, that was that was something else I was not thrilled about. Hey, so here's here's your Wonder Woman. Meh. Here's here's all your little cameos. Man, you just made it sound like you just made it look like you were really, really, really trying. Yeah. You're like, hey, I need Marvel too. It's just really, I don't know. Civil War did a better job of not only dividing a team, but in my opinion, I I would like to see uh, the I don't want to say the next Marvel movie, but they they end the movie in such a way where I could see their them doing Steve Rogers, not Captain America, Steve Rogers, the Secret Avengers, because we have his team. They're in Wakanda. They've all been rescued. He has a team. And like he told Tony, he's like, if you need us, call. I do. I want to see Cap, Ant-Man, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther. I want to see the Secret Avengers. Oh, yeah. And they did a better job of making – I don't even think they did it on purpose. They did a better job of forming a team – than than Batman v Superman did with this whole Justice League just uh. and please tell me I'm not the only one. Please tell me you saw Aquaman holding his breath. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like <gasps> I'm like oh god, and in and in in five seconds they showed the practicality 
of why someone that lives underwater, and especially a warrior, should not have long hair. Two seconds after he comes on camera, his hair is right in his face, and you're like, that's stupid. Yeah. No. I just... Ah, that's so part of bad. Sorry. That's part of that movie. Ben Affleck is Batman in the story. I will say that. You are correct. He, he did do good. He did do good. And I'm hoping, because the, the internet is a buzz now, that he is like the sole creative drive of the next Batman movie. And the rumor is already that it's going to be like a, a I don't want to say a flashback, but like a prequel to what kind of pushes Batman over the edge. And I, I, I am. I will say I am looking forward to seeing Ben Affleck as a less homicidal murdering Batman. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, come on. He killed so many people in that movie. He blew up like oh, yeah. 40 cars. And you figure each mm-hmm. car had to have at least two or three people in it. Oh, yeah. Very easy. But no, Civil War did such a good job of just being awesome. It it really did. It like it was like the palate cleanser from Batman and Superman. It was just like it left such a bad taste in my mouth. And then Civil War came around and the clouds parted and the sun shined. And, ah, thank you. No, 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 absolutely not, no, 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 this is why I should not troll during a live show. Oh, no. The Rocky Horror Reboot trailer is here, so be happy or be pissed. So Fox just released the trailer for the Rocky Horror Picture Show reboot. Oh no, 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 no. Guess who we're gonna do? No. Play. No, no. It's Halloween. A cult classic. Oh no. No. They're making it a TV series. No. No, no. Uh-huh. What the no. crap? No, that reboot I am 100% Why? against. Why? Why is Frankenfurter wearing a cow? Oh, God. Why is Frankenfurter wearing a cow? Frankenfurter's wearing a cow. A cow? It's a cow print freaking doctor's outfit. Oh, oh God. How am I supposed to call him Puff the Magic Drag Queen if he's wearing that? <laughs> and it's not even a him, it's a her. Do you know how do you know how messed up you're gonna make me get that dang it? No, I I am against that. So, so much. And the thing is, is I'm sorry, the short little clip, it's only 30 seconds long. Dr. Frankenfurter looks like a reject off of RuPaul's Drag Queen show. 
Which is not God. a compliment. A compliment looks. A compliment would be like, "Oh, you look like a reject from the original Rocky Horror Picture Show." That would be a compliment. You look like a reject from RuPaul's Drag Race. So no. Oh God. Absolutely not. So um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna be pissed. Ta-da. <laughs> And I'm there's and I know that like Tim Curry is gonna play the criminologist and I'm like, Okay, that's kinda cool and all, but did they like sign him up when he was having his stroke so he didn't raise what he was doing? <sighs> Seriously. Leave my shit alone. Because you know what this means. Now that they're allowed to do a Rocky Horror fucking reboot to a fucking cult classic, there is nothing, nothing that's going to be safe. Yeah. And it's going to be hell to pay. Yeah. Because if you mess with, you mess with my Bowie, you mess with my Bowie, I swear to God, <laughs> no, no one can fill out those pants like Bowie. Leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. No, but, you know, even worse. What's even worse? Somebody, 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 will, somebody will try to remake Purple Rain. Hmm, bad idea. No, I, I'm telling you, it's... The Rocky Horror Picture Show is one of those institutions that should never be touched. It's perfect as is. There is no need to modernize... Oh, God. And that's what I'm saying is, why touch it? Like, I know someone's got their goblins all in a bunch right now because it's the 30-year anniversary of Labyrinth. All right, and let's yes. let's take a look at the fact that this is the 30-year anniversary of Labyrinth, okay? I want to look at this, okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, Sarah Connolly playing 16-year-old Sarah, who was actually, what, 14 at the time when she played the role, and David Bowie yeah. was already, like, in his 30s, and they're supposed to be love of interest. I'm like, wow, this is the 1960s again. Congratulations. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great movie. And, yeah, so there are some things, like the Chili Down song, when you get to the fireies. Yeah, you could definitely tell it's a blue screen. You can't. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Those of us that grew up with it, we don't see the blue screen. Even nowadays, no. you really don't see the blue screen when you're a fan of it. it I didn't even notice the blue screen until, like, my little niece noticed it. She's like, why does that look so fake? Shut up and enjoy the movie. <laughs> I'm telling you, this, this is a confession. The Fireys did and still do terrify me. I... I love the movie. I love them, but they scare the bejesus. They just creep the bejesus out of me. Think even, about it. Even today, when I can see the green, the blue screen, they still creep me out. I, but I love them so much. I so do I. I really do. I just, I love that whole thing. Hey, lady, what you doing with the hair like that? Hey, lady, what you doing with the hair? You ain't got to take off his hair. You ain't got to take off your own hair. Yeah, there's rules. Let's take off her head. Hey, lady. You... Hey, lady, where you going? Hey, lady, you don't need no two. Hey, lady, take off an ear. You don't need two ears. You don't need two ears? Oh, God, so good. Or the first time when you realize when they're walking across the rocks again along the thing of the bog of eternal stench, and you go, it farts with them every time they step on a rock. Uh-huh. And then as an adult, you go, 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hoggle said if you even get the slightest bit of it, uh-huh. you will think for eternity. But those rocks just came out of the bog of eternal stench. Uh, they have all the time on them. Uh-huh. What the hell? So do they all smell? Is Jareth like, is that the reason why Jareth didn't know she made it to the Goblin City? Is because he couldn't smell her. All he could smell was the bog of eternal stench. And he's like, uh, <laughs> please, somebody shut the windows and turn on the AC. Oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> I tell you what, that would have been a great ending, like an alternate ending to it. It's like when she finally confronts him, he's like, let me rule. Oh, oh. Oh, just take the kid. Take the baby. Oh, just get out. Just get out of my kingdom. Just be gone. Oh, leave. That would have been... I have to believe that somewhere in the universe there's an alternate ending where Jared's just like, no, oh. Just, just go. Absolutely not. Yeah. And it's just... And it's so funny. And then as being the nerds that we are and we start reading, like, things like, um, oh, crap, 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 crap. Um, I know her name. I know her name. Help. Jennifer oh, Connelly? No. Beverly Crusher. Oh, oh, Yates, Yates McFadden. Yeah. She had a hand in making this movie. Really? You didn't know that? That one, that one missed. I missed that one. Um, what is it? She, um... Gates McFadden choreographed Labyrinth. Really? Yes. That, Very much. That that is awesome. Uh, she wor- she she been working in Jim Henson's production since the nineteen eighties. So. Oh wow. So while she was playing Beverly Crusher, there were actual times also when she would go and work in Jim Henson's studio. So that was like one of those really cool things that I thought was like absolutely fantastic is because I obviously I don't have the 30th year anniversary edition of the Blu-ray because I just have the regular Blu-ray. But I do. I love watching commentaries. That's one of the reasons why as much as you can rip stuff and not that I'm saying that you should but let's face it people do it all the time and you can Netflix almost anything and you can find almost anything that you want to watch almost anywhere absolutely free I still love having the DVDs because I love watching commentaries if it wasn't for things like commentaries there would there would have been things when I was younger that I wouldn't have noticed like in the mo- the movie what's supposed to be like a sequel but it's not really a sequel to the regular picture show Shock Treatment which is absolutely a brilliant movie if you've never watched it um you just have to keep open minded for the time because there is a song that really does attack uh, gay guys um but you have to remember the mentality of the father in it um so it's not it's and I had this conversation last week, how can you call something racist? Because maybe it's not actually racist. You just have to take it from the point of view of that person. And right. So it's a brilliant movie, but I never would have realized that the the driver in the airspeeder that finds Luke in Star Wars, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, it plays the cop in shock treatment. Oh, really? Thank you, commentary. That is awesome! Yay! No, I I do. Uh, I love com- 
I love commentary. I love it with the. I always love it with the actors. Because two of my all-time favorite commentaries are the. My number one is the Goonies, because oh, yeah. they got they got the entire cast, which they 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 probably could have forgotten to call Corey Feldman because he. There were some times during the commentary where you could tell everybody wanted to tell Corey to shut the hell up. <laughs> but there's just there's just so many things and the fact that I'm watching the fact that they've redone the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um of course, at least this time we're not gonna have to hear forty million times on how Susan Sarandon got pneumonia. Yay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> touching a classic, they're classics for reasons. Um, and they were of hardship, but they're like, you know, like the fact that they made a hundred pairs of latex hands to make for the helping hand scene or, or the fact that David Bowie actually did the baby voices in the movie during the song magic dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just those simple little things. I absolutely love and adore them to no end, and it just, it kills me. Mm-hmm. And I do not, I do not, I do not, I do not want to see. I mean, because I was watching Labyrinth the other day, and one of the running jokes is they never get Hoggle's name right. Uh-huh. Hogwarts, and what, Hoggle, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> What you think for a second, Hogwarts? Do you oh. think for a second? Just think about it. Let your nerdum go, and think that maybe if it wasn't for Labyrinth, because um, J.K. Rowling did say she was a fan of the movie, maybe she liked that name, and maybe that set her on the path to create the great fantasy of Hogwarts. That yeah, that would be great. The thing is, it could be something as simple as that. Think about, think how many times there's been a word that you've heard, and you don't realize how often you use it, or it just comes out of nowhere. And if it wasn't for it being mentioned somewhere in the past, it probably wouldn't now exist for you and your culture. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just mind-boggling. And I would hate to see movies like this. Now, don't get me wrong; there are some classic movies. That could use a little bit of a touch-up. They really could. Not to say yeah. that we need to get rid of the originals, because the originals, again, are classics. Um, there was a great opportunity to redo The Clash of the Titans. They did it wrong. Yeah, yes, they did. But they did it really wrong. Dude, just take the original script and add in your CGI and stuff there. That's all you needed to do. No, you fudged it up. Because let's face it. You watch, you watch it, and unless you are a fan of stop-motion animation, which, let's face it, Harryhausen, thank you so much for stop-motion animation. Um, I know you're not the guy who originally started it, but you are one of the biggest names in it, and if it wasn't for you taking it to that next level, we wouldn't have the special effects that we have today. Um, people oh, yeah. like George Lucas were greatly influenced by him when he was doing Star Wars. So thank you for giving us my space opera and everything else. But oh, Sam Raimi's come. Uh, Sam Raimi's came right out and said that Harry Housen 
was a big influence on Army of Darkness. He 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 did everything modeled from his uh his models. So yeah. But the thing is is there are movies like um The Clash of the Titans. If you were to take some of the stop motion animation props and the CGI that we have today and follow the original script that they had, that would have been a great movie, but you flubbed yeah. it. Um, another movie that could use a little bit of updating, again, not to take away from the original, because The Dark Crystal, I, trust me, I'm a huge fan of The Dark Crystal. I just named my little Yip Yip Fizz gig, all right? So, huge fan of The Dark Crystal. Big old shout out. But... The Gelflings are really creepy, <laughs> to say the yes. least. And it is an all-puppet movie. There are no, you know, it's all puppeteering. And as awesome as the Gelflings and the Skeskis and everything else are, and let's just face it, this gig is absolutely adorable. Even though those striders, those lamb rider rabbit-looking thingies are really creepy, and those terrified me more than probably anything else in the movie, even though they're supposed to be the good guys. Ew, gross, they're horrifying. Uh-huh. It is a little dated. Now, that's not to take away from the original, but could you imagine being able to use a mixture of the puppets, props, and CGI and seeing how even more gorgeous that movie could absolutely be if they stick with the original script? I think think one of Hollywood's – like you're saying, one of Hollywood's biggest problems is they keep wanting to remake good classic movies. Movies that we already have a, a culture around and a fan base around. There are so many good bad movies that, like there you said, are. there are. You know, leave the good ones alone. We we own those. We have those. That's you don't need to redo those. There's plenty. Well, there's, there's things like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Why in the heck are you redoing this? We already redid this. We made it our own. You don't touch it. We made it our own. And it's going to be the same movie verbatim, just with different people acting it out. But guess what? I get to see that every time I go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show every uh-huh. year when people act it out on the stage. I don't need to see a bunch of new actors go, oh, well, let me redo this. Uh, No. No. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Um, and sometimes, yeah, I want you to stick with the original script. Sometimes you don't stick with the original script. You know, um, The Omen was a movie that never should have been remade. It didn't need an update. It's classic enough as it is. And the fact that you did do The Omen verbatim with a movie that didn't need to be tweaked in any way was stupid. And then when you do a movie verbatim and the only thing you do is change an awesome movie that really sung to everybody because it was in black and white and then you make it color, psycho. Um, oh, my God, what the hell is the matter with you? Oh, the perfect, uh, yeah, psycho. When Gus Van Zandt did, he did a frame-by-frame frame reproduction of the movie. He didn't that change movie? anything. Which the storyline is great, and that would and it would be fine, but the acting in it sucked. Sorry, guys, your acting sucked in it. Yeah. And one of the creepy things that just make Alfred Hitchcock's movies great, and the the effects, be able to um, 
really work in their time. Fizzy, get off of me. Sorry, I have a puppy trying to rip my sock off of my foot. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if she rips up uh, my Michelangelo socks, we're going to have an issue. Um, but one of the great things is I love black and white movies. Even yeah. because you can't see a lot of the flaws in black and white. And Psycho, black and white is the perfect color for that. And to change it to color was the biggest mistake you could have possibly ever have done. You need to yeah. shop for that. Absolutely shop for that. But I don't know. I, I, I don't understand the obsession with remakes. Now, don't get me wrong. I realize that, in all honesty, there's no such thing as a truly original movie. Everything's been done. Everything's mm-hmm. been done in one form or another. But that still doesn't mean that there can't be a semi-original or at least something fresh out there for you guys to do. The fact that I'm getting Spider-Man and Fantastic Four reboots in less than decades after the orig- the other ones came out is retarded. The fact that yeah. the idea of doing a movie is at least do something entertaining. So during the big hype of, oh, we're doing all these sequels and everything, there is a little thing that came out called The Thing. And I talked a little bit briefly on my last show about this, but now that we're back to sequels and stuff, I'm going to talk about it again. Why? Because it's my show and I can't. (laughs) 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 So there's this movie, The Thing, that came out. And everybody Mm -hmm. went into an uproar. Because in the 1980s, there was a movie called The Thing. And it was uh-huh. fantastic. And that yes, scene it where he gets a hold of the dogs, oh, my God, so great, babe. Uh-huh. Oh, that thing gave me nightmares beyond nightmares. Correct, so, buddy. It was, it was absolutely terrifying, but one of the best movies I have ever seen yes, in my is. entire life. And, of course, like, this goes back to, obviously, the more you watch a certain movie, the better it gets when you get older and you can understand more. So in 2011, yeah. they came out with The Thing. Uh-huh. They did change the title. They didn't say Thing the beginning or Thing the sequel. Everybody thought it was a flat-out remake. And it wasn't. Nope. It, it was, was a prequel. Well, it was. Yeah. No, it was a prequel. No, it's a prequel. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It is a prequel, and it is yeah. absolutely brilliant. I, yes. I own it. I love it. I really do. I love that one. This is what you do. You go watch this movie and see what they did. They were so brilliant with this. Yes, it is a little bit cleaner than the first one. What do you expect? One was made in 1982 and one was made in 2011. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you are going to have a cleaner picture than the little gritty stuff that you get in 1982. That's just the way that it's got to be. But it's a prequel that you can enjoy and not go, what the hell is a midichlorian? Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you what, I, it, was, it was almost like he knew years from now it was going to be remade. Because if you know the movie The Thing, it, it starts off with the dog being chased by a helicopter 
in the middle of the Arctic. That just, that first five minutes of that movie opened up more questions than most movies nowadays do the entire movie. It's like, wait a minute. Where'd this dog come from? Why is this helicopter chasing it? Why is it shooting the dog? That it did. It it led up to the prequel so brilliantly. Because what did the prequel end with? A helicopter chasing the exact yeah, same dog, dog yep. shooting at it. But it wasn't even the fact that they ended it to where and and I'm I I've done this. I have tested this myself. I have watched the two movies back uh, to back. And so why I, I swear to God, yes. They take it's it's literally like. It's like watching Halloween and Halloween 2, which is actually a continuation of the first Halloween when they yeah. take Kurt to the hospital. It's like you didn't stop the movie at all, which is absolutely yep. brilliant. But it isn't just the fact that they ended this movie on the exact same beginning of the original. It's the details. They didn't have any upgraded weaponry. They didn't have any upgraded any other type of equipment. They kept oh, yeah. what the equipment was supposed to be for the time. But then it's even the slider details. Like when in the original, they go, they find the base that the dog came from. You see the guy who slid his wrist and yep. the blood froze before it could hit the ground. You yep. see the guy slid see his wrist and the blood freeze yep. before it hits the ground. And it's exactly like it is in the original. Exactly. You, you take the two still shots from both of those movies. It looks exactly the same. And that is an intelligent move. And that, if you are going to try to do a prequel or you're going to do something like that, that's what you do. And it's yeah, that, that is. That is how you do, like you said, that is how you do a prequel right. Because it, it, it's not like, it's like you said, it's not like the Metacorian thing where there's still a gap in between what we know and what we're getting from a prequel. No, this was a minute-for-minute minute continuation. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's brilliant is, is so in the first, in the, now the 2011, which is now technically number one, they find yeah. the alien. And they believe that he's the pilot. In the mm-hmm. original, it here's his organism trying to live, and what? But both of them hinge on the fact of this thing trying to live, but it's seeing it through different eyes because each one of them went through different circumstances to find this thing, and that's what makes it brilliant. And that's what I loved about it. And to try to keep it as close to what the original was. Yeah, they had to use CGI. Why? Because everything has CGI in it. There's nothing that you're going to watch in today's day and age that does not have CGI in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, it's there. But when you do it well, like they, and I mean, CGI just in the five years has gone leaps and bounds. But if you go and rewatch the thing from 2011, they used to, they still used a lot of props and other things to tone down the CGI. And in all honesty, I get it. CGI is great. But just like props and blue screens can make it look a little dated, too much CGI can make it look really fake as well. But if you learn to master the two together, you get great things like the thing from 2011 or Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Yeah, not the best storyline, but oh, my God, those dinosaurs are so absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
Well, the, probably the other big reason why, too, they use so much C, they use CGI in the the 2011 thing was is they they had to make they were making a movie that was a prequel for a movie that people of I hate to say our generation, but who knew the original of the thing, but they also had to make a movie that would stand alone for people of a younger generation who had never really seen the thing. And it was still a good standalone movie. And it is. It and that, is. and that's it another is. thing. If you if you are going to make a prequel or you're going to revamp something or you're going to try to emerge it into an, a, as part of something that's already there, you really do need to be able to do that. The thing in 2011 stands alone on its own two feet as well as the original. Um, going into something else that was really well done was the Evil Dead. It's not yeah. actually a remake. It's not a remake. It's not uh. a prequel. It's not a sequel. It's here we go again because hey, if Ash can go to the same stupid cabin in the woods and open uh-huh. the same stupid book twice and make the same stupid mistake twice, who says a bunch of kids can't do it too? That that yeah. book's there. It's like it's like the running gag. Hey, let's go to this cabin with this book and let's do this. And even though it's still in the same universe, because Sam Raimi's already said that he's bringing her into the television series that's going on right now on Showtime of Ash versus the Evil Dead. Um, oh, stars. Or stars, whatever. I don't know. I know I have no TV. So I don't get to watch no Bruce Campbell unless I put in a movie. Or a TV show. Or a movie. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, I, I don't... I don't really have TV either, but I do have the internet, and I can find them. I was—I don't have stars, but I was able to watch all of the uh, the Ash versus uh, the Evil Dead, and it. Well, yeah, stars so actually—I think stars what let you watch like the first, let you watch like either the pilot or like the first two episodes for free, two or th- up until I think up to like the third episode. Um, I yeah. just haven't had opportunity to do that because, well, I'm watching Z Nation with Cheese Wheel and Zombie Bear. Um, (laughs) But that movie itself also makes a great standalone movie. And it did up the notch. It up the notch a whole, oh my god. Uh, Yeah, there are scenes that I'm like, and I'm going to leave the room and go to the restroom and just Uh let me know when this is over. That'd be fabulous. That'd be like, for somebody like me, is I love watching how special effects are done. A lot of people say, ah, doesn't that ruin a movie for you? I'm like, no, it makes me appreciate it a little bit more. But Evil Dead, even for as much as I like to think I know about special effects, I'm watching scenes in that movie, and it's like, oh, God. It's like, I know it's not real. It's like, I could probably tell you how they did it, but it's still the tongue. I know it's not real. I know how they did it, but watching it still sends a chill up my spine. There, there are very few movies that can make me go. Uh. And that that scene is one of them. I think the other scene ever in a movie that made me do it. And and when I was little, I actually left the room the first time. I wouldn't watch the scene. Um, it's in Pet Cemetery. And, I know what you're, yep. Mm-hmm. And the little boy's already changed. Uh huh. And I know where you're going. I know yeah. where you're going. Yeah. And so I'm already grabbing my foot. 
Yeah. So he he's under the bed, and here comes Jeff, and Whoa! oh my God, there goes my ankle right there. There goes the oh yep, cuts him right, right in the Achilles tendon. Right in the Achilles tendon with a pencil. Scissors. <sighs> with scissors. No, he cuts him with scissors, darling. Oh, with the scissors. Oh. With the scissors. I'm thinking that, yes, yes, he did. I'm sorry. Uh, I was thinking Evil Dead. I got the two, yeah. No, but I, yeah. And the thing is, is when, the very first time I ever watched that movie, I was like eight or nine years old, and I actually did just cut that tendant, um, not as uh, bad as even that. Um, I fell off of my bike, and I actually cut it on the pedal of my bike, and it hurt so bad. And just think about it. If you ever wear shoes and you get that freaking blister and it, like, just hurts uh-huh. so bad, so then you're thinking, oh, my God, knife through. Oh, God, no, 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 no. And let's just face it. That movie, there are just I, – I would have left those, those people with that kid on my own. I would have been like, yeah. called, bring, hello. I daddy, I play with Jeff and I play with mommy, and now I want to play with you. Blank ticket. I'm leaving. You're no fun. No fair. No fair. Creepy ass. Creepy ass damn kid. And the fact, the fact that you, and, and the fact that the movie sets it up, and I mean, the, you already know the kid's gonna bite it. That, that, oh yeah. The first, the very first time, and they just barely grab the kid, and you're like. Oh, that kid's going to eat it. Oh, God, this sucks. You know it's coming. Uh, uh, but watch it. And you love it. And it's such a great movie. And it's one of, it, again, there's a classic. Don't touch it. Yeah. But, I, I, but, so sometimes things are done right. And then sometimes you can enhance the experience and it comes out completely wrong. Two great examples of, hey, let's give you a little bit more of the story, which ended up ruining the love of the movies, has to go to um, Friday, uh, Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. You want me to have sympathy for Michael Myers. Why can't yeah. you just be a psycho who chopped up his sister? I like that storyline much better. And yeah. it's creepier. For them not to say he was a pedophiler, then bring it straight out into the open. Yeah. And you one know, of the things that I love about Freddy Krueger is he's charming, and he was awesome. And yeah, they made they started making him a little quirky, but he was fascinating. Like yeah. he, he was fascinating of a character that you didn't want to turn away from, and. The other guy who played him, I can't. I I, I refuse to say. I, I refuse to memorize who played him because I didn't like the movie that at all. It's just, dude, no, it's wrong. Just yeah, stop. absolutely. You know, honestly, and, and this is going to sound so far fetched, but another an, another movie that did that same thing for me was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Because hear me out. When you watch the original with Gene Wilder, you see Willy Wonka as this weird, eccentric, mad, crazy, mysterious character. And then you fast forward to Tim Burton's 
Johnny Depp. And they did the same exact thing. Is They started to tell his history, his backstory, with his dad being a dentist and never getting to have candy. You took away the mysticism, and now you just have this tragic, sad, desperately in need of therapy guy. They just... it. They did the same thing with him, and it just it it was horrible. Right, and and then I, and I know they wanted to be more like the book. Okay, that's great, but you have this classic movie, Gene Wilder. You mm-hmm. know, comes ho- the very first time you see him, he comes hobbling out. He does that roll, ta da, and then you know the schnozberries taste like schnozberries, and you have this epic journey, and then at the end, you actually see Willy Wonka, like real Willy Wonka, stressed yeah. out trying to figure everything out. He's a real guy. The eccentric thing was to pull the right child out. Yeah. And then you get into this remake. Uh, The Oompa Loompa songs fell flat. Yeah. You destroyed the boat ride. How, 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 how? You took the most coolest freaking thing in a freaking movie and you blanded it. Yep. And I'm not saying that Johnny Depp's performance was it just it just doesn't resonate. And yeah, there was there were some cool aspects of it. I loved the ending where you saw all of the kids coming out. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that that was good. And I will give props to that. I, I absolutely loved and adored it. You know, that was it does good. it does take away a little bit of the imagination of what did happen to these kids, but it was really interesting to see them do that. And so I, I did like that. I did not like the Johnny Depp backstory of Willy Wonka. I think that could have nope. been completely removed. And I yep. did not like the fact and whether this is more like the book or not, I don't really care. I never read the book, nor do I care to read the book at this point. If the if this movie is more like the book, I don't really care to read the book now because I liked the sing-along uh, musical version. Because let's face it, that one actually was a musical, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It was a musical. And yeah. it gives us one of the greatest songs of all time, A World of Pure Imagination. And yep. that's the tone of that movie. And when Charlie and his family inherit, but in this one, when he's all like, oh, no, boy, you can't bring your family. That'll kill your imagination. No, absolutely not. It was, I was like, oh, you guys, no, no, you just killed everything my childhood ever loved and adored about this movie. And I will never watch uh-huh. it again. Unless, unless I want to go to bed because it, 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 it drags at certain points. It really yeah. does drag at certain I mean, yeah, there are some things, like you see a small sparket of it, um, like when he's all like, um, there's a scene where he's like, you guys are all so short. Well, yeah, we're children. He was like, well, I was never that small. You were too. No, I distinctly remember putting a hat on top of my head. And look at your arms. They're too short. Okay, yeah, I could see, like, parts of Gene Wilder coming out. I could see him saying something goofy like that. I could. But... The one thing that I didn't like is they're in the original when they're doing the world of pure imagination and the kids are running amok and they're getting to try everything and he uh-huh. sits down and he has the tea and you uh-huh. see that he enjoys what he creates. You never see Johnny Depp's character enjoying what he creates. 
No. The only time you really get to see that is when um, Grandpa is talking about and he's wor- and th- when he was working for him, and he goes, "We've run out of chocolate birds," and he puts the egg in his mouth, and he makes him suck on it, and then the bird, and he sticks his tongue out, and there's a chocolate bird. That's like the closest that you get to see of his eccentricness of really enjoying this, and there was just there was this blandness to his, like the waterfall was gorgeous and everything, but there was like this blandness to his pure imagination, ultimate chocolate factory versus. The original, like there was just something missing. So now yeah. that's another example of, dude, you shouldn't have touched it. I mean, yeah. I get it. Tim Burton just wanted to get him, Johnny Depp, and Helena Bonham Carter together again. I guess I don't know because those three are were like in like everything forever in a day. Yeah, it is impossible. It, I I really believe it is impossible for uh, Tim Burton to do a movie without the two of them. Hell, I was I was seriously waiting for when I was like, Helene Bo Carter is going to play Bellatrix Lestrange. I'm like, oh, crap. Are they going to recast freaking <laughs> else? Okay, guys, we need to get Johnny Depp, and uh, Tim Burns going to direct this one. Oh, crap. Well, there goes that movie. <laughs> Harry Potter with the giant head. Uh, no. Absolutely not. And, 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 and it's funny because for the most part, the mass populace really does like these guys. But then there's movies like Alice in, Alice in Wonderland. I really didn't care too much for that. I didn't either. I, re- I, like, I, I, I tried to. I just I couldn't get into it. And sometimes I'll watch a movie and I'm like, okay, I'm going to step away from this and then I'll go back and I'm watching. And I've tried watching this now about three or four times and I still just don't get it. And Yeah. I get the whole, we got to riddle this and riddle that because it's Wonderland and everything. But that whole, but are you Alice? Well, I'm not that Alice. Well, that's not the Alice. Well, this, okay, that's getting old and quick. Yeah. And again, it just just seemed like, hey, uh, Tim Burton wants to get his friends together again. Like, seriously. And then, I don't know. It's just, it seemed... And the fact that it's it was a Disney production, so where's all the like reminiscence of the Disney animated film? Because this is supposed to be like based off of that, right? So like, where's the reminiscence of that? Yeah, uh, there really wasn't. I I don't get it. There's there's certain things that I'm just like I don't quite get. And you know, and as I and I love Disney. Um, sometimes they hit things that are absolutely golden, and sometimes they don't. It's a flip-flop thing. Alice in Wonderland, to me, was a flop. Maleficent was freaking brilliant. The Haunted Mansion was a flop based off of a freaking ride. But, hey, they go into another ride, the Pirates of the Caribbean, and look at how great that one turned out. Yeah. So, and there are going to be hits and misses, but Disney, the thing is, is you see things like Disney, and they seem to learn from their mistakes. Alice in Wonderland came out first, and they went, okay, this is what we did wrong. We did wrong here, 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 and here. So let's fix it, and let's do Maleficent, do this, 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 and this. Same thing. Okay, Haunted Mansion, that sucked. Tower of Terror doesn't count. That was a, that was a Disney Channel original movie, and I actually enjoyed it anyway. It's Steve Gutenberg. How am I not supposed to like it? Hello, <laughs> the Goot. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, it's Mahoney. 
care. <laughs> you're the leading guy. What's the role? Doesn't matter, but you got to be in it so it makes money. And you're contractually, you're contractually obligated to smirk into the camera. Very much, yeah. So, but there's just certain things that if other people can learn, like how Disney learns, it'd be brilliant. Which yeah. always makes it scary. It's almost like I just gave Disney permission to like take over everything else so things get fixed. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's a Disney world after all. It's a Disney world after all. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the mouse. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> oh, you <I> know. <laughs> you know what? There could be worse evils. I'm sure there could be. I just haven't figured them out yet. No, I, Disney, I love you. You guys are awesome. You guys have given me 98% of my childhood. And for things that some of us thought could have been completely ruined forever in an eon, you've restored hope. You've given hope back to the <laughs> superhero movies. You've given yeah. a hope in the galaxy far, far away. Your animated stuff is absolutely brilliant. And your cartoon series are brilliant. And even when you were doing your Disney Channel and um, original movies, dude, um, so many awesome ones. Of course, the biggest one that probably stands out has to be Halloween Town. But still, mm-hmm. again doing some amazing things and they always seem to be on a learning curve. And I, I I know some people are like, Oh God, Disney. And yeah, Disney can be sticklers. They don't want people touching their products. It's Disney. Uh, They, they're one of the few companies out there that they're like, okay, we trademarked this and we copywritten it and we're going to defend it because they have to guys. Uh, Trust me. You copyright something and you trademark something, you have to go out and you have to defend it. If not, you can actually lose your copyright and trademark license. They have to defend their products. And I think the biggest thing that Disney's learned is, is especially between Marvel, especially from Marvel and from Star Wars, is it's our property, but we'll let the creators do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And especially, in all honesty, especially Star Wars. You know, I hear these rumors all the time of Disney's going to go after you guys who are doing these prints and stuff. I, I've i yet to see them do that. Um, they, they, you know, um, a few months back, they were talking about how they were going to stop cosplayers from being their characters. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. They want people to, if they didn't want people to dress up with their characters, they wouldn't have the patterns out there for people to make the costumes. They wouldn't yeah. have, they wouldn't have Let's play dress up for the kids. You can't go around saying I am the character. No, you can't do that. But yeah. they're going to stop people from cosplaying because they like it. They sew the pattern. Trust me, I just bought an Anna and Elsa pattern for the cape for my um, Ruby Rose costume. So I know they sew the patterns. <laughs> so they're. Not- I know some people want to attack them for being like these horrible bad guys, but I don't think that they are. I think they're doing what anybody else would have to do, just like I have to protect my brand because AGP is trademarked and copywritten because, guys, you ain't taking her from me. Um, <laughs> I'll defend her. And I and I know for a fact that Disney has to do the same thing. And there are many things out there that aren't copywritten that people can have fun with still. 
you know, there is Cthulhu, there is Godzilla. They're not copywritten characters. You can use them in about anything. Um, but I I see so many. I still see plenty of things on YouTube that are fan-made um, things using their music, using photos of their characters and things like that, and I don't see them shut down on YouTube. And I go to about 25 conventions a year, and I still see plenty of prints, and I don't see a Disney executive hauling somebody out in chains going, you've taken my property. So they're just trying to protect what's rightfully theirs, but they understand. Guys. To you guys making this stuff keeps us alive, and we're totally okay with that. There's silence from your end. No, I'm no, I'm I'm an idiot. I'm sitting here nodding, like yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> Hi, right, we're on an audio show. I'm gonna nod my head. <laughs> I know. Disney's done a very good job of separating the business aspect from the creative aspect. It's like, look, yes, we have a room full of lawyers, but we also have two rooms full of creators. I, I have yet to hear of a situation between anything from Marvel or anything from Star Wars about lawyers stepping in or higher executives stepping in and saying you've got to make these changes and they're like, oh, uh, we need the Jonas Brothers in Maz's bar somewhere playing. They have to be the band. No, we haven't seen anything like that. Right. And I give them, I give them props. Um, the thing is, is say what you want. Walt Disney was a very brilliant man. Regardless of whatever yeah. he was behind closed doors, he was a brilliant man. He loved imagination. He loved children. And he absolutely loved and adored people showing their fandom. And mm-hmm. Disney is still going to honor someone like that. And there are rules and regulations that Disney has to abide by that were in the contract and in the will when Mr. Walt died. And there's certain things that if they break that, Walt's probably going to come back and haunt them. And no, I don't think they want that. Um, And I could see Walt Disney coming back from the grave and haunting somebody for breaking one of the rules. And one of his rules is to be and to have fun. And that's one of the great things about him. I mean, he was so amazing. He was so, before he died, I think it was, what was it, Friday night? Was it Friday nights they had, like, the Disney thing, and Tinkerbell would come on, and Walt Disney was coming oh, to your living room? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he was. Oh, I think it was Sunday night. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about. Sunday, yeah, I Sunday remember night. those. Yeah. He would come in, and he'd sit down, and he'd give you this great, mo- he was so motivational, and he was so awesome, and he would make me smile. And then we would get to watch a Disney movie. And it was really great and really awesome. And I just remember it so well. It was absolutely fantastic. I agree, yeah. And the other good thing about Disney is, is even from a business point of view, Disney wants to make money. So you know what they figured out? If we keep giving people what they want, they'll keep spending money. So 
So guess what? Now, not only do we have a new Star Wars movie, we have a new Star Wars universe movie. And that's something I don't think we'd ever have seen before. You know, it was always just Star Wars, Empire, Return of the Jedi. Now we're seeing the, them branching off into the universe. And we're going to see more of those types of movies. Mm-hmm. And that's, some, that's something I don't think we, we would have been able to even thought about 10 years ago. I'm trying to remember, trying to remember. Sorry, I'm really trying to remember. What is the wonderful world of Disney? Yes. That's what it called. That's what it was. It was the wonderful world of Disney. I used to absolutely love it, and it was from, and I think it was like 1992 it ended. And I just remember that. And it was really cool. Sorry. I was still stuck on trying to remember what it was called. <laughs> 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 Sorry, my bad. If I if I get stuck on something, I'm definitely gonna be like stuck on it because I think I remember that it was on um like CBS or NBC first, and then it moved to like the other station um, after like a season or two. If I remember correctly. So. Yeah. And I just I always I always loved it because he always did that book form after Tinkerbell came out and she went think in the wonderful world of Disney and then it had the little book and it said Walt Disney presents and then it became a little story. Sorry, I'm reminiscing. I happen to do that and then I go into like this little thing. But <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My bad. Uh so um, things that are coming up, so we have any PopCon coming up in 30, uh, 30 days, which will be the weekend of the 17th of June. We have, on top of that, um, we have me, I will, at the weekend after that, I will be heading down to Austin, Texas for the RTX convention. Woo! Woo! Ooh, let's play! I can't wait. I'm such a huge fan of these guys. It'll be absolutely fantastic. Um, before then, um, we need to get together because you disappeared off of the face of the planet, and I still have all these scripts and things that we need to do for Gem City for next year. Bad, yeah. Michael. Bad, bad, Michael. <laughs> for anybody out there listening, the best way, I, the best analogy I can come up with Amanda when it comes to Gem City is in uh, A Nightmare Before Christmas. After Halloween, celebration is over, and then the mayor comes out. We only have 365 more days until Halloween. And one guy goes, it's 364 days. No! That is how, yeah. that is a man, that is a man when it comes to Gem City. Dude, they are my sponsor, and it is my baby, and I am proud to be one of the managers of the show, and so, <laughs> and that's my that's my mature rebuttal on that one. <laughs> I, I I can't help it. It's such a great show. And by the way, guys, you need to be following us over on GemCityComicCon.com and over on our Facebook page and over on our Twitter page and over on Instagram. It's all GemCityComicCon. 
because there is an announcement coming. Yay, I can't. I, you know, I don't know what it is, so I can't wait. I know, I know. Uh, me and Jesse know. And me and Jesse know. <laughs> 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 Woo! But um, it, it, it'll be exciting, and um, I hope that you all will be excited with us um cuz i cuz what the planning is i can guarantee you Jesse is the only man who can do what's going to be happening um he is the greatest convention boss in the entire world um other than that um i'm pretty much playing star wars battlefront and dealing with new puppy and trying to potty train it <laughs> what about I'm you still- what's up coming up for you uh, I'm still playing uh, Lego Dimensions, which now I have to restart because I saw the two words every video game player dread scene, oh, no. corrupted data. Uh-huh. You're dead. And th- yeah. And see, Lego Dimensions isn't a game you can just walk away from. Lego no. Dimensions is an investment. I have a lot of them. So it, it's not like I can just say, oh, forget it. I'm just not going to play it anymore. Oh, no. Yes, I am. So you know what this uh, means, ladies and gentlemen. Michael just actually admitted that he hasn't been doing anything but spending all of his money on Lego Dimension characters and been playing Lego Dimension. He actually hasn't been doing anything that he's been saying that he's been doing, which is why when he's like, oh, I want to try this new Facebook Live thing, it's like, yeah, but I just haven't really done it. That's because he hasn't done anything but play Lego Dimensions to show anybody anything. Oh. Uh, well, between that and uh, since the weather's gotten nice, a lot of the Heroes Alliance events have been rolling in, and I've been doing quite a few of those, and I got I was down in the Columbus area last weekend. I'm going to be in the Finley area this weekend. I'm going to be in the area of my living room in front of my PS4. (laughs) (laughs) And, hey, uh, speaking of doing things and Jim City, uh, Richard, uh, my co-host and producer of Under the... uh, Under the... Under the Couch. uh, Underground Video, Video Networks, uh, <laughs> Video Networks uh, behind the counter. We just posted uh, one of our latest episodes from Gym City. Uh, we posted one about a week ago, and uh, we just posted one today. Uh, we posted the uh, we posted Fanboy Feud, and we that posted. Yep, and we posted our panel uh, on podcasting. That was so that was so much fun. That was such a good panel. Yeah, we are we're already set up for next year, don't worry. All right. Uh, let's see. You can see uh you can see all of that on our page, undergroundvideonetwork.com, or catch us on the Facebook. Just search for Underground Video Network. Eventually Underground Video Network will have a Twitter account. They just haven't let me start that yet. I, <laughs> I know. And of course, if you just want to check out the videos, you can also go over to their website um, over on YouTube and check out there. Again, it's under, Underground Video Network, or you can type in the word Richard Catterjohn 
and you can find stuff like that. Or you can just type in the Fanboy Feud from Gem City Comic Con, and you'll find it there as well. I'll give you a helping hand there. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, as for stuff for AGP, you can find us over at AmandaGillumPresents.com, Amanda Gillum over on Facebook, LadyVader79 on Twitter. And remember, Gillum is spelled just like William, but with a G instead of a W. And, of course, we are live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I hope that you all stayed with us because, well, Leave it to Michael to take an hour show and make it two hours long. We try not to. I think this time, though, you guys started talking on Disney. I think you're, you're slightly more to blame on this one. Nope, my show can't. My rules, so I'm not taking the blame. <laughs> Them's the rules. Rule number one, Amanda's always right. Rule number two, if a man is ever wrong, that's rule number one, Amanda's always right. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. At least now, at least now, I'm getting smart enough to remember to eat my dinner before we do the podcast. Before, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <that's definitely. laughs> so, um, guys, um, thank you all for joining us, Michael. Thank you for having my little geek out with me. It's been a long time. Don't you ever be gone this long again, or I will. Have I will. You. Um, <laughs> and sounds like you and I will be having some indie popcorn coming up in about a month. Um, cause whether Richard likes it or not, I'm going to be part of this. Um, I can. Hey, I'm a sponsor of you and you're a sponsor of me. I'm allowed to. That's it, yes. <laughs> That's how this sponsorship thing works. <laughs> especially, especially if you get Miss Tara strong, dude, I'm all over that. Hi. Um, <laughs> I'm just warning you. I love you so much. Can you go get the lady who plays Rainbow Dash for me now, please? <laughs> she's awesome. No. <laughs> Seriously, if I could if I could have anything in the world, I want awesome as I want to be from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Rainbow Rocks, Equestria Girls. I want that song to be my theme song. I don't care what it takes. I really want that song to be my theme song. I really do. <laughs> and on that note, I am awesome as I want to be. And please always join us every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I have two minutes to close this down before Talk Show says, get off the line. So, good night, everybody. And I think I have to go take the puppy potty. Uh-oh. Good night. The puppy is the only one that's got to go potty. So, yep, good night, everybody. Puppy got to go potty. We got to go. Peace out. <laughs>